the City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey everybody, this is Casey Fields. I'm the manager for municipal advocacy at the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Today, Scott Slatton and I are focusing on building codes and building officials. Scott, for a long time, we followed legislation that dealt with building codes for our local officials. Yep. But it was not until several years ago when we took on the BOASC or the Building Officials Association of South Carolina as one of our affiliates did we really get deeper into building codes. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Building codes are, of course, very important to public safety. Absolutely. To ensuring that folks live and work in a safe built environment. Sure. And certainly while we all understand that how important that is on a on a, a, a daily level, we never really understood how small changes in building codes or in uh, state laws that that mandate or dictate building codes were how how important those changes could be to public safety until we started working with the Building Officials Association of South Carolina. And we, that was several years ago, Yeah, right? we, we brought those, those folks under our banner in 2017 after having worked with them for a couple of years uh, and helping them, helping them out a little bit. A little bit of history of that. The Building Officials Association actually started as a, an affiliate of the Municipal Association back in the 1950s. I did not know that. Yeah. And so, and then they, they broke off on their own at some point in time. Learn something new every day. And we approached them because we were mostly interested in the problem of fighting blight and code enforcement issues in cities and towns. Right. And so they had some, they have some, some, some role to play in that. But then as we got to talking with their leadership, come to find out that they needed some help in terms of managing their their training and managing their membership. And they also were looking for help on the policy making side right. at the General Assembly, at the Building Codes Council and, and that kind of thing. And, and so you were the perfect person well, to head that up. Uh, you know, having been having been a former city manager and and having some a little bit of knowledge about building codes, but not nearly enough, just enough to be dangerous. You know, I, I thought it was important that we bring that discipline into our sphere of influence or, mm-hmm. or, and learn from them. Sure. And, and it has been a great learning experience and, and really eye opening to, to find out how many times the general assembly gets involved in building codes and in, you know, trying to figure out how to change building codes or just asking questions that we we knew they were asking, but we didn't know what they were asking. And certainly, didn't know how to answer. And, and we're very, bu- we're building that capacity now. I've been very surprised at how many times you were dealing with an issue related to building codes. I did not realize that the the General Assembly dabbled in that as much as they do. Well, they do, and in fact, a lot of industry the industry has a strong lobbying presence at mm-hmm. at the General Assembly. Mm-hmm. But the building officials and public officials did not have a very strong presence over there until we started working with the building officials. So, and especially um, this last session, a lot of the officials came to Columbia to the state house to testify. I'll tell you, the building officials board of directors is has been probably one of the most active 
and responsive mm-hmm. groups of officials when we ask for their help to come and testify because we can we can help them with the political side we can help them with the process side but the technical questions right. that that are posed by members of the general assembly and by the staff are not something that uh, I or anybody else on on the municipal association staff can can answer. So we we have to have them come to Columbia and testify in subcommittee in particular on issues. Now this year was was particularly active for those folks because uh, the General Assembly and the uh, the Building Codes Council were in the process of updating the building codes on the normal three year right. renewal cycle. So they and were you were dealing with legislation. Related, related to that, to that. yeah, right. related okay. to that, yeah. right, yeah, and so, so you know, there were a couple of bills, uh, one bill in particular, the barn bill, we called it. So the building codes council was modifying the building codes related to wedding venues, barns, pole barns, okay. and so f- people. Wait, were, what's a pole? A barn? pole barn is a barn that is just with pole, has made up. It stands up on poles. Okay? okay, it's not an it's not an enclosed barn necessarily, okay. or it could be a, it could be an enclosed barn. But what people are what people are doing out in the country in particular are holding wedding events there. And these yeah, I've been to some of those. and these occupancies, it's called an occupancy, uh, you know, an office space, a barn, a a residential home. These the the barn occupancy is not equipped to safely hold hundreds of people okay. where there are open flames or cooking going oh, on or okay. something like that, where a fire a could tiki break torch, out. Perhaps. Yeah, a tiki torch could set a barn on fire and they couldn't escape. So in order to be safe, then these barns under the old, under the current building code, they have to have a sprinkler system okay. installed in them. And, you know, the General Assembly said, hey, that's too much of a burden, particularly on somebody who's hosting maybe two weddings a year or just one wedding. Maybe that's their relatives. And so now uh, building officials are making them come in and saying, hey, you got to install a, a thousands and thousands of dollars worth of sprinkler equipment. Mm-hmm. So the building officials work through the Building Codes Council and then also through the General Assembly by way of a bill to set the threshold, to raise the threshold of the number of people who could be in this occupancy Mm -hmm. before a sprinkler system has to be installed. Now, even though a sprinkler system doesn't have to be installed, there are some other, some additional safety measures that have to be put in, but they're inexpensive, like Mm -hmm. smoke detectors, uh, fire extinguishers. Not as costly as It's an accommodation that everybody came to and agreed to. The legislators who were representing their their constituents back home and then the the building officials said, hey, you know, we agree it's not reasonable to to have somebody install a $30,000 sprinkler system in their barn when when the same thing can be accomplished through other ways. And so... Mm -hmm. You know, that's not something that we at the Municipal Association, prior to having those guys come on board with us, that's not something that we would have necessarily gotten involved in. Right. Uh, But now, because of their interest and our radar being attuned to that, we can get involved in it and uh, and help help seek uh, help seek compromise language. There was uh, also another bill in addition to the farm bill seven ninety six um, that dealt with bin- building codes. Yeah, would you explain that just a little bit to me that sure. about the the difference in the years? Sure. So so building codes are updated currently in South Carolina and across the country every three years. The International Residential Code and the International Building Code are updated by the national standard setters, uh, the national organization that's, that updates these 
these uh, building codes. Those are updated every three years. Well, the some of the constituents, uh, constituent groups, some of the lobbying groups, the home, South Carolina Home Builders Association in particular, wants to, they say updating it every three years is too often. It's too costly. There's training involved that we, you know, we're constantly updating it. So we're never, we're never able to really stay up to date. And it's kind of like running for office every two years. That's right. Yeah. It, it, you hardly always, have a chance to govern until you're running exactly, for election. Exactly. So, so the home builders came to some, some senators, particularly Senator Leatherman from Florence and Senator Thomas Alexander from Oconee County and ask them to pass a law or to introduce a bill that would extend the renewal cycle, the adoption cycle from three years to, uh, to more than that. And, you know, and, and I think the original proposal was, I can't remember how, how far out it was. It was several years. Senator Leatherman invited us and a number of other interested parties over to his office back in the early in the session. And, mm-hmm. And we had good discussions about what everybody could live with. And so at the end of the session, Senator Alexander introduced a bill that would change the residential adoption cycle from three years to no later than every six years. So Mm -hmm. the Building Codes Council, if it decides it wants to, can wait up to six years Mm -hmm. before, uh, before they adopt the adopt the updates. Now that in in actuality, they'll have to probably start earlier than that because the adoption cycle in South Carolina takes about 18 months. So, but no later than six years. So that, that provides some relief to the home builders. The building officials association were involved in those discussions through us and Mm -hmm. and through themselves at the very beginning of this process. So the the residential codes will be potentially changed. All the other codes will stay on the three-year cycle because particularly the building codes, which is different from re- you have residential codes and then you have building codes, which is where building codes cover uh, occupancies that are are occupied by the public or people. Mm-hmm. They're not residential structures, and commercial so, structures, commercial Build- structures, <laughs> office buildings, buildings right. uh, shopping okay. centers, that kind of thing. Those will stay on the three year cycle because the industry is evolving there in terms of the, the construction materials, such that right. you know new materials are being and new techniques are being introduced all the time, and so. The building safety officials need to be able to know what those are and make comment on them. And, and but residential the could wait. Up residential to will years. be able to wait a little bit longer. And That's that right. bill, Senator Alexander introduced that in labor Senate Labor, Commerce, and Industry. It didn't go anywhere last session because right. it was kind of introduced late. But right. it'll be ready for 2020. Right. Yeah. When it, they come back in January. And, and part of the reason that it was introduced late was because of the back the extensive back and forth mm-hmm. that that the building officials association and the other partners had with the home builders. Everybody finally got to a point where hey yeah we're happy with this. Which and you know Scott let me just say this. Isn't it so nice to have good, positive discussion, negotiation? Not everybody's going to be happy, but everybody can come to a conclusion in that negotiation, and then you wait to introduce the bill once you come to that compromise. Well, it makes it makes it a lot smoother for the bill once it gets introduced, right. rather than do the work ahead of time, dropping a pulling the pin on a grenade and throwing the throwing it in the room and shutting the door, and That's then right. everybody reacts. That's, That's right. you, you're almost guaranteed. To uh, to not have process. your bill passed, or at least not make make any right. forward have some. Forward I have momentum. to tell you, I am very impressed with your knowledge of building codes. Well, I don't know much about building codes. I don't know much about them. Well, you I can sound read like the bo- you do. I can read the book. 
but you that's like but that's why we have to rely on the on the building experts. officials, that's the right. experts, to come Our in experts. and give the technical. The te- and and I'll, I'll let me give a shout out to the. God, the I love a podcast shout out. Uh, the shout out goes to uh, not only the the building officials, board of directors, but also to the uh, to the building official staff in Greenville County. Those guys came down on multiple occasions, mm-hmm. and in fact would come down and, and a subcommittee hearing not be held. Mm-hmm. And so they would have to turn around and go back home. But they were willing uh, all the time to come down and, uh, and help us out. And that's the other part of it. You know, the building officials is, com- is comprised, uh, building official association is comprised of not only municipal building officials, but also mm-hmm. county building officials. That's great. And that's not unusual for, for our affiliate organizations, just right. like business licensing officials have county folks, Stormwater mm-hmm. has county folks. So our even though our we are the municipal association, our affiliate groups are are inclusive. Uh, are very inclusive mm-hmm. and and we're willing to take anybody who's who's uh, who's interested. Very good. Anything else to add about building codes, building officials? Well, one bill. Anything else? Another bill. We wrap I, this up? Another bill that I'll, I'll talk about real quickly is uh, Senate Bill Seven Fifty Seven, and this bill was introduced late in the session uh, at the behest of the home builders as well. And I would encourage um, I would encourage folks who are out there listening to go take a look at this bill. It, it is a it would it would significantly, in my opinion, add to the cost of building housing in cities and towns and counties across the state because it, it the bill would require extensive analysis of any policy change or adoption by a city or county that could add to the cost of housing. I would argue that the, the mere analysis itself is going to cost tens of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. every time any policy is proposed to be changed in a city or county, and that's not something that, uh, in my view, would help make housing more affordable. But we'll talk more about this at the regional advocacy meetings this good, fall good. Uh, in August and September. And uh, I'm looking forward to another session of positive moves for uh, building codes. Great. Scott, thanks for coming on today to talk about this. I look forward to more success. Me too. Please be sure to follow the legislative team on Twitter. I know that they're still tweeting, even though they're not in, we're not in session right now. And always remember to listen to the podcast every Monday to get up to updates on legislation, in-depth looks, deeper dives into bills um, and other general information. I just live tweeted this recording. You session. are live tweeting your face off right now. And I'm, I'm really excited about that. Thanks, everybody. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.